0: Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where each week, Pastor Jeff Cranston explores biblical theology that provides practical life applications in an understandable way. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Hello
1: again. Welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Tiffany Coker, and with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're on a quest to learn what the Bible teaches about doctrine and theology. These are topics that many Christians find challenging, confusing, and out of their reach and we're always aiming to do this in a way that applies to the lives we lead. We do this because we agree with what the Scottish reformer John Knox said, the scriptures of God are my only foundation and substance in all matters of weight and importance. We desire that the scriptures be that for all of us as well, because we want to help you to be strong in your faith doctrinally, knowledgeable in and of the word theologically, and grow in your love for Jesus exponentially. Before diving in today, we want to thank you for leaving us ratings and reviews. One recent review comes to us from TJ Mertens, which reads, Getting God's Word into you and having various topics explained by listening to the KTT podcast is a wonderful ending or beginning of the day. That is so kind of you to say thanks so much for that review. We're really grateful for each rating and review because it helps us to get the word out to more and more people about Kitchen Table Theology. So, Dad, I checked earlier today, and we're sitting right at 99 ratings. Kitchen Table Theologian, 99th. could you be the 100th? <laughs> if you have never left Somebody a be the 100th. or review, please help us get to 100 today. You can do that from wherever you're listening right now. Thank you so much.
2: And I don't know what all that does, except for the more rings and reviews you get, uh, the more it gets into the algorithms, and the more people can find us. So... In order to get the word out and to spread the Kitchen Table Theology love a little bit, any ratings, any reviews you can give us would be really greatly appreciated. Hey, and I want to say from our last podcast, a special thank you to Daniel Lucas. Daniel's the pastor of Better Life Church in Moorhead, Kentucky, and we spoke about the Asbury revival, and he went there and gave us a personal view from uh, his seat in the chapel. And so if you haven't had a chance to hear that, go back and check that out. That would be podcast number 142, just the one before this one. And we also want to quickly remind you about our podcast partner, Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. They have a wide variety of degree and certification programs from undergrad right on through doctoral programs. And you can find every, everything that you need to know about them and their offerings at CIU.edu. So, Tiff, we're kicking off a brand new series on this podcast, and it's one I'm really excited about. But before we announce what it is, and to re- to kind of set the stage for it, it's quiz time.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> we we I,
2: I wish we had music right now or, or that either one of us knew how to do that, but we don't. <laughs> it's quiz time. Here again at Kitchen Table Theology. So, Tiff, this is your first quiz. Are you ready to be the sacrificial lamb and go out on a limb here and answer these questions in front of everyone?
1: I'm not going to lie; I'm a little bit nervous, <laughs> but <laughs> sure, I'll do it. Let's give it a shot.
2: She has not seen the answers, Kitchen Table Theologians. So, but Tiff, I think you're gonna you're gonna do great. Now, listeners, follow along. Take the quiz. In your head or jotted out on paper, wh- wherever you're, you're at, there's 12 questions. If you get all 12 correct, you let us know. And again, we're on the honor system here because really, if you lie about this on a theology podcast taking a Bible quiz, we have other issues that we're going to have to work <laughs> on with you. But on the on your honor, if you get all 12 of the questions correct, we will send you. A lovely Kitchen Table Theology coffee mug, which we have found not only to be excellent for Southern Pecan coffee, but it also works extremely well for ice cream.
1: Yes. Now, I do love coffee, and it is necessary every morning, but this coffee mug is perfect for my nighttime ice cream. Love to fill it with some chocolate fudge brownie, sit in the bed, watch a good movie. (laughs) So, enjoy Get all twelve right on this quiz here and you can have your own kitchen table theology mug. Um, you can just drop us a quick email. It's Pastor Jeff at lowcountrycc.org and we'll make sure we get that mug sent out to you. All right. I'm as ready as ever. Let's get this quiz going.
2: All right. I think you're gonna do great, but let's see let's see if you do well enough to get yourself a coffee mug.
1: All right, let's do it.
2: Or well,
1: since an, an entire case
2: of them are right at your house, <laughs> you probably are, are okay on that. Yes. Okay, so kitchen table okay. theologian, play along, keep score, how you're doing, 12 out of 12. You you get a, a it's a very rare coffee mug, by the way. There's, There's less only than a 100 in the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Some of them will be pretty easy. Some of them might be a little challenging. Number one, how many books are there in the Old Testament? How many books are in the Old Testament?
1: This one I know. Thanks to my high school years at Christian Academy, there are 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament.
2: Oh, you're even throwing in extra credit, huh? Uh,
1: Extra credit. I might need it.
2: (laughs) Well, you don't get any extra credit. 39. Are you sure? Is that your final answer?
1: Final answer, 39 books in the Old Testament.
2: 39 is correct. Way to go. Well (laughs) done. There are 39 books in the Old Testament. Question number two. The New Testament was originally written in which language? I'm going to give you three options. The New Testament originally written in which language? Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek? Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek. New Testament originally written in which of those languages?
1: All right. I'm going to have to make an educated guess. When you first asked the question before you gave me the options, I thought Hebrew or Greek. And I do remember that one is Old Testament, one is New Testament. They were not written in the same language. So I think that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, which to answer your question, then I'm going to this is an educated guess. As I said, the New Testament was written in Greek.
2: That's exactly right. Well done. Awesome. We heard the uh, the process of deduction going on there. It's Greek It's uh, not only Greek, it's called Koine Greek, which is the language of the everyday Greek speaking person. There was a higher form of Greek. It wasn't written in that. It was written in the language of the everyday speaker, which is pretty cool. Very interesting. Number three. All right. Now we're going Old Testament. Manasseh. Manasseh was the longest reigning king in the Bible. How long did he reign? 40 years 55 years, or 60 years? I'll ask that one more time. Manasseh was the longest reigning king in the Bible. How long did he reign? 40, 55, or 60 years?
1: I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) So I'm going to guess 60 years if he's the longest reigning king. Methuselah was the one who lived the longest in the Bible. That I could tell you how old he lived to be. But I do not know about Manasseh. I do not remember him, so I have to guess on this one, and I'll say sixty.
2: And Methuselah was a question that I considered writing into the quiz oh, today. Should have done that. I one. didn't. Nine hundred
1: and sixty-nine years old. I still remember that. I do not know why.
2: That's, you're right. Okay, so Manasseh was a king in the kingdom of Judah. There was that was one of the kingdoms, Judah. So in 2 Kings one he began, we're told, his reign at 12 years old, and he reigned for 55 years. Oh,
1: I missed one. We're only not, on number three. Not 60,
2: not 40, 55 years. So we missed that one, but that's okay. You're still doing great.
1: There goes my coffee number mug. Number
2: four. There goes. Yep. <laughs> no coffee mug for you. <laughs> number four, Samson used a donkey's jaw- jawbone to kill how many men? <laughs> Samson used a donkey's jawbone bone to kill how many men?
1: This is a tough one. This, is I can
2: well. I'll give you. I'll give you three options. Oh,
1: perfect. Okay, I have a guess: two
2: hundred and seventy, eight hundred and fifty, or one thousand. 1,000. eight fifty, one thousand. I'm going to go with how one, many men did he kill?
1: One thousand. Oh,
2: you got it right.
1: Yes. Okay, great.
2: I think had I not had I not made that. Multiple choice, I think we would have come up short there.
1: We could. I was, Who knows? I was debating something with a seven in the number because that's in the Bible a lot.
2: <laughs> in Judges 15, we're told Samson, quote, found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. So he reached out and took it and killed a thousand men with it, end quote. Judges 15. I do Very remember good. that now that, you of read four, that you're doing well all right okay well, you're gonna get this one this next question this is gonna be easy for you because of question one perfect how many books are there in the bible 66 how many books,
1: books in the bible 66
2: 66 books in the bible that didn't take her very long at all very good number six and after this one we'll be halfway through all right number six which woman is mentioned most in scripture which woman is mentioned the most in scripture is it Rachel, Mary, the mother of Christ, or Sarah?
1: I think it would have to be Sarah.
2: So it is Sarah. You got it right. Awesome. Sarah is mentioned 59 times. Rachel is second at 47 times. Both of them are mentioned more than Mary, which really kind of surprised me because my initial answer to that was going to be Mary when I was looking at this earlier. But I guessed I guess Sarah just because she was in Genesis for a real long time in that book. That
1: was where All right, moving on. Yeah, that was where I was coming from. Genesis is a longer book. I thinking through the Gospels, there were not many stories that contained Mary. A few critical ones, but not many.
2: Yeah, and I got to thinking too, she, Mary's also mentioned the book of Acts, but she came in third out of that that group. It was Sarah, Rachel, and then Mary. Number 7. What is the shortest book of the Bible? The shortest book of the Bible, three options. Titus, Second John, or Philemon. Shortest book in the Bible, Titus, Second John, or Philemon.
1: All right, well, I think your multiple choice helped me out because I knew it was one of the three Johns, but I didn't know which one. So I'm gonna go Second John.
2: Oh, good for you. Yep. Second John is the shortest book in the Bible by verse count. Not by letter count or word count, by verse count. Thirteen verses, that's it. Only thirteen verses. So that makes it the shortest book in the Bible. Okay, number eight. What is the only book of the Bible that does not contain the word God? There's a book in the Bible that does not contain the word God. Is it Ruth, Esther, or Jonah? Ruth, Esther, or Jonah?
1: Well, I have done a book study on Esther multiple times. I led one, and so I have learned a lot about the book of Esther, and I happen to know that it does not contain the word God.
2: So it would have been really terrible had you missed this one. It would have been. All right, so Esther is correct. Now, some would argue Song of Solomon also does not include the word God. So Kitchen Table Theologian, if you answered either Esther or Song of Solomon, I will give you credit for both. Some translations include the word Lord in them and Song of Solomon. Others do not. But for sure, the book of Esther does not contain the word God. Now, God is seen everywhere in the book and in the story, but the actual name of God is not mentioned in the book of Esther. Okay, number nine. God gave manna to the Israelites while they were in the desert. What does the word manna mean? I'm probably God gave manna to the Israelites while they were in the desert. What does the word manna mean?
1: Probably going to miss this one because I'm sure there's a more specific <laughs> definition for what it means. But I'm going to guess bread or some, that's maybe even two, it's some sort of food. I know that it was God's provision for them morning and night while they were in the desert but I'm sure there's more to it than that, that I do not know
2: that all that you said there is right, except for your answer. (laughs) It does not mean bread. Literally manna means what is it? (laughs) So that's the Greek word. What is it? So that is what the Israelites asked about the bread that, or the bread like substance in Exodus 16, nine through 15. If, Kitchen table theologian, you want to work that? Look that up. They were they were given it, and they literally said, "What is it?" And that's the word for manna. So that's that's kind of humorous, but that's what it means. Manna means what is it?
1: What is it? Sounds right, like my children more. when I serve them dinner. What is it?
2: <laughs> they're getting. They tell them it's manna, and they'll be very happy. Number ten. How many brothers? Really, half brothers? How many brothers? did jesus have the scripture tells us a specific number and even tells us their names
1: oh please don't make how many brothers (laughs)
2: did no 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 we won't do that I, i couldn't even do that how many brothers did jesus have
1: i'm going way back in my memory here and i think he had four brothers and it also says he had sisters but i don't know that we know how many but my guess is four but i cannot name them
2: if I didn't think you had the answer in front of you, I'd think you were reading the answer I wrote on my paper. That's exactly oh, right. I do four. not have very, the answers. Very well done. <laughs> Jesus had four brothers. Their names were James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon.
1: I would have only and gotten James. And you're exactly
2: right. Yeah, that's in Matthew 13:55, And the very next verse tells us Jesus also had sisters, but they are not named. So that's, that's always interesting. I don't think most people picture Jesus having or being from a large family, but four brothers. And we don't know how many sisters, but we know he had some.
1: Well, and if it was All right, plural. very good. You got, so doing my math, does that mean there were at more least than one. seven kids?
2: Yeah, that at is least a big in their family. Yeah, I don't yep. know that
1: I've ever thought about it that way either. That is interesting.
2: Two more. Number 11. Who was the first Christian martyr? The first Christian martyr. Was it Philip, Stephen, Or Matthias. Philip, Stephen, or Matthias, the first Christian martyr.
1: I'm going to go with Stephen. I know that's in Acts when it talks about him being stoned for telling the Pharisees or even maybe the Israelites that they had rejected Jesus. He was the true king. Is that right?
2: That's right. I thought you would get that. Yeah, Acts 7, verse 60. And he was preaching and... Sharing the gospel and so forth and giving them some history about Jesus and the Jews, and they went nuts, actually. It just they sprang out of their seats, rushed, grabbed him, rushed him outside, and began to stone him. And of course, Saul, who we later know as Paul, was there holding their cloaks as they did it. So very I, good. I
1: Merit, remember you. Ten pre- of eleven. Wait, no, I've missed Here's two. Here's number 12. I think I've missed oh, two. Oh, you missed two? I've missed two. The manna and Manasseh. Oh, you're right. I do not know Manasseh. You manna. Yes, I've missed two. I'm sorry. That's okay.
2: I gave you credit for that. Honesty. All right, <laughs> very good. Number 12, last one. There is a name that the first five books of the Bible are known by. So the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. There is a name that these five books are known by. What is that name?
1: I actually know this. I don't know that I pronounce it right, but I do know the word. This is probably only because I'm a pastor's daughter that I know this word. (laughs) But the first five books. Well,
2: I can say we didn't spend a lot of time talking about this as a dinner table.
1: The first five books of the Bible are called the Pentateuch. Is that how you pronounce it? That's exactly
2: right. Yeah, Pentateuch. All right. Yep. The Pentateuch, or they're also known as the book of Moses, the book's of Moses because it's believed Moses wrote the first five books. They're they're the first five in the Old Testament. And the word Pentateuch simply denotes or means five books. Penta, like in Pentagon, it's a five sided, you know, Pentagon's right. five sided. So that's where that comes from. These contain, those five books contain some of the oldest and most well known accounts in the Bible, including Adam and Eve. Uh, Jacob and his brothers, Moses, the, the first biblical codes of law known anywhere, and they are the Ten Commandments. And So you got that one right. So 10 out of 12, Tiff, I think you did extremely well. So I feel good for you. I feel
1: pretty good about that. Some of those were pretty tough. I would.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I wrote the thing, and I probably got one wrong when I was writing it today
1: well excellent um, I
2: I thought yeah I thought Mary had a higher reference count and uh, I did I, I did get the other ones right I think but at any rate I think you did really well so kitchen table theologian how did you do we had some easier ones there and some harder ones there and again if you got them all right let us know Pastor Jeff at lowcountrycc.org email me. And uh, we will send you out a Kitchen Table Theology coffee mug. Love to do that.
1: Thanks for putting up with me, taking that quiz, listeners. (laughs) We did that quiz today, Uh, not only because it's been a while since we've done a quiz, and I know he just wanted to test me on this also, but it really helps us (laughs) to sort of set up our announcement of what our next topic is going to be here on Kitchen Table Theology. So, Dad, how about letting us in on what the Kitchen Table Theology future looks like?
2: Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of thinking, talking to various people, and there's so many different ways to go. We, we really did the majority of what you would call systematic theology. In other words, we systematically looked at various doctrines, the doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. If y'all have been with us for any length of time, you you know what that looks like. That's called systematic theology. There's also something called historical theology. Or historical biblical theology. There's something called biblical theology. There's something called practical theology. There's various disciplines under the umbrella of theology, and I thought, well, now that I've done systematic theology, maybe we'll go to practical theology or so forth. But the more I thought about it, I I went back to the original reason we started Kitchen Table Theology in April of 2020, and that was to help combat the biblical illiteracy that is in our churches and among our Christians today. And so, based on that and going back to our roots, what we're going to do, and this is going to be, who knows how long this is going to take.
1: It could take us a while.
2: Yeah, it could take us a while. We're going to do a general, short and concise overview of all 66 books of the Bible starting on our next podcast Lord willing in the book of Genesis. Now, some of the books like Genesis will take us more than one podcast. Genesis divides itself up into various sections pretty easily. And so I think one of those sections probably deserves a podcast. But at the end of it all, what what I want for you kitchen table theologian is to have a to, to be able to converse intelligently with knowing Generally, what are in the books of the Bible? So when you, when you think of Hosea, well, here's the main idea. Here's the main characters. Here, you know, we'll touch on the theology of the various books from time to time. We'll do some biographies of some of the people because we'll run into some incredible characters and we will just work our way through. And I think what we'll do to mix it up is we'll start in Genesis and then maybe we'll go to Matthew and we'll go Old Testament, New Testament rather than go through in chronological order because uh, just to break it up and that probably just fits my personality because if we don't do that, I'm going to feel like we're never going to get out of the Old Testament. Agreed. So we'll keep the old and, and new mixed mixed up and and we'll do historical books of the Old Testament, we'll do the poetry books of the Old Testament, we'll do the prophetic books of the Old Testament, and then in the New Testament you have the Gospels, then you have church history with Acts, and then you have you have the various epistles, the Pauline epistles epistles, the Johannine epistles, which is John's writings, you've got Peter's epistles and so forth. So we'll do it like that. So again, to help you to understand what are the main points, the main idea, the central truths, and the central characters of every book of the Bible. That's what we're going to do for the immediate future, the near future, and probably the long-term future.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I know I'm going to learn a lot, so we are excited for I will, too.
2: Excited I think we that. all will.
1: Yes. All right, so starting with Genesis next week. Thank you so much again for listening today, Kitchen Table Theologians. Take a moment if you would rate and review this podcast, including on Spotify and on iTunes. As we said earlier, this just helps new listeners find the show, and we want to spread the Kitchen Table Theology love.
2: Hey, and let me just say too help us get to that 100th rating, please. If you've never given us a rating or review, help us to get there. And again, Tiff, remind them please of the email address. If you if you want twelve for twelve. That's right. And uh, you, you want a mug.
1: Email us. Email me. Pastor Jeff at lowcountrycc.org and we will get you a special KTT mug. And don't forget you can also check out the episode notes today. So if you need to double check some of your questions or answers, you can look there. Thanks are due again to our friends at Low Country Community Church here in Bluffton for making this podcast possible. And don't forget that if you desire to go deeper and to begin or even further your education, remember to check out our partner, Columbia International University. You can find out all you need to know about them at ciu.edu. You can head on over to jeffcranston.com for more information about dad's books, sermons, leadership notes, blog posts, and Lord willing, next week we'll be back with another great episode starting in Genesis. So there it is. Now go deeper. And until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it.
0: You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, please check out our show notes. If you have a question from today's podcast, Kindly email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.